Welcome to With Heart and Wonder. This is a place for us to explore heart-centered living and to celebrate what it means to live with wonder, with awe and appreciation for the possibilities that are within us and around us. I'm Megan Johnston, and I am truly so honored and excited that you are here. Let's dive in and journey together. Welcome to episode 69 of With Heart and Wonder. And let me just say right off the bat that this one is a juicy one. It is such a rich conversation with Sabrina Prasad from Feast and Heal, all about the intersections of food, community, and care. This episode truly showcases Sabrina's incredible blend of her passion for cooking, her experience as a public servant, her education in participatory democracy and community building, and so much more. I found our conversation so thought-provoking, and I can't wait for you to listen. Let's dive in. Sabrina, I am just so, so looking forward to our conversation today, truly. We've been in each other's worlds now for a few years, and I have always just been so drawn to you and so interested in this like deep passion that you have for food and food as care. Uh, I had actually reached out to you in the fall because you were starting a new project that is still in evolution called Feast and Heal. And it was so inspiring to hear about the relationships for you between like food and service and community and dialogue. So much richness whenever I hear you speak. And so let's just start off today. Where does this passion for food and its role in caring, where does that come from for you? I would say, well, thank you, Megan. I'm so honored to be here and like accepted into this space. I think it's, it's so special. And I think that when I think about this moment, I think exactly about this like project that I'm embarking on a feast and heal. And, you know, where it comes from is like, I think it comes from my childhood. It comes from education, like my formal and informal education. It comes from my family. It comes from the fire in my belly, which is to live a life in service to others. And I would say that like the feast part has been so present. Six years ago, I went on this trip and it really came to me. Um, I was traveling by myself and eating by yourself is something that you can do quickly or you can, you know, you can just yes. like, you know, it's so funny because it's like, oh, I want to get on to the next thing. Like I don't owe anyone anything, but to like really eat slowly um, and to do something slowly, whether it's like observing something, it's like, well, wait a second, like I'm by myself. Like I am not in a rush to like go anywhere. Um, and I was prompted to write this like reflection piece at the end of my travels of feast, do not snack. And I would say that like, when I wrote this, it's like this idea of like slowing down 
and feasting on the things around me in life. But the community piece is like, when I, when I think of like, what gives me the greatest joy in life is like having friends over having people in my home, and like feeding them and experiencing this like moment of slowness and connection and the most precious moments in my life have been around bringing people together over food and that being the um I don't want to say like yeah the the shield or the protection that we usually walk into a social space with it's almost like you take off the armor I guess like that's where I'm looking for it's like the armor comes off of you when you Mm. go to sit down and like share a soft moment of just eating because it is this like you're sharing this very primal moment with other people and that connection really comes there so what I really hear like coming through is this passion that you have for bringing people together the way in which food can do that and the way in which it almost like breaks down the barriers like you said takes the armor off absolutely all of those things and I I ran I mean this is like a part of it too is like I loved when I was doing like my gluten-free baking in Ottawa and like creating and giving to people because that was one like one place of being able to create and then share but then if I kind of go back like a long way into my life it's like you know the creating for everyone because I was doing the gluten-free baking it's like it was like oh, if we bring people to the table, we want to make sure that everyone's comfortable there. So it's like, mm-hmm. I I actually, it was something very like corporate that, that influenced me once that I was doing this like executive education um, teaching. I was like a teaching assistant and I'd read the evaluations and someone wrote in their evaluation, I have like this allergy and like X, Y, Z, when I have to leave for an hour to go find something, I'm no longer a part of those very informal conversations that have influence, you know, around. Um, and I can't wow. make those connections. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like that is amazing that like you articulated this because that actually changes the whole dynamic of interaction here. Yes. You having to like leave the building, go find something, you know, it throws off yeah, your interactions with other people and your sense of belonging is then disconnected. Mm -hmm. And that's something that actually stayed with me where it's like, you know, when planning corporate events to really be thoughtful about the food there. But then it's like, you know, in hosting my own things at home, when you want someone, when someone comes into your home, you want everyone to feel that level of love. You want to feel like you are cared about um, when you sit down at the table. And if, if someone sits down at a table they don't feel like they belong, how can they then connect, you know? And so this, this is something that definitely that I've learned from in my life in terms of like human connection. But if I were to go like deeper into it, where I'm at now with it is this like idea of feasting. 
is I actually, I had to go because I'm like, feasting is something that like I have conceptualized as like really digging deep and like really when you connect with someone, it's like all, all of you is able to be present at that table and all of you is able to connect. But something that I, um, I had to like look it up in the dictionary because I'm like, maybe I'm confused with like what this word <laughs> actually means. And like, I have like made up like this own term and like th- the definition part of it was, um, so the whole definition was an elaborate abundant meal often accompanied by a ceremony that gives unusual or abundant enjoyment. And when I read the, that gives unusual like the abundance of enjoyment I was like oh my god yeah like that's what we all get out of this when we sit down to connect is like the enjoyment for me comes from that connection when I'm like hi like tell me everything like that's been happening with you and I would say the being accepted and like come as you are to this table is that abundance of enjoyment for me. And I would hope that it's that for like my guest or friend. I feel like there's so much in what you just shared. And one of the things, and I know this is something that we've talked about before because I am a gluten-free and I also have an allergy to egg. And so it like, it makes gatherings hard. And there's something about like what you were sharing there about that feeling of being cared for. When you show up somewhere and someone has ensured that everyone is able to enjoy, like that that feasting idea of like that abundance of enjoyment, like the amount mm-hmm. of joy and a feeling of support that I get when I show up somewhere and there's something I can actually eat as well as, and I think this came through in what you were talking about, and I know that it is something that, that you are passionate in, but is this idea of um, almost like the democratization. And it's like something like when we are all sitting around a table, when we are all sharing the same food, when we have that time and space, it opens up that pathway for conversations and dialogue. A hundred and ten percent. And like, I will say that that um, it's so funny because like if I rewind back to like 12 years ago when I would like go to parties and stuff, I'm like, let's talk about participatory democracy. And people would be like, oh, my God, like and it's like you're so steeped in the knowledge part of it and like the theoretics. But it's like, what does it mean to foster true democracy? Like, what does it mean to participate in a democracy and like to really just bring it to the place of food. And I think in a lot of ways, and like, this is a bit of a tangent, um, is like accessibility issues that we see in society. It's like, what does it mean to be thoughtful by default? So it's like, I know Megan's coming, like I'm coming for dinner. I'm like, okay, what is something that I can make egg-free, gluten-free and all of these things but I'm not giving you a piece of toast. Like I'm giving you the complexity that you deserve to be able to enjoy that moment with everyone else. I was at this restaurant um, in February and I remember walking around, it was like um, a bit of a buffet style. 
And my partner was like, oh, I'm going to have this. I'm going to have that. And there was maybe 17 different options of things. And he was able to have all of them. And I like poached around and it's like, oh, like I could, I can have some fruit and I can maybe have some like olives. And I felt pretty defeated in that moment. Cause I was like, this place has like a good reputation. Like how did someone not put like thought into this? And I was like, I can't be the only person. And I remember they were like, yes, like we actually have something for you at the back that's waiting, this gluten-free thing. And they brought me out a piece of gluten-free toast with avocado on it and like for me I was like but I want that complexity and joy that everyone else gets from all of these beautiful things in front of them and the thing is is like we can actually create them we have the resources to do it and so if I were to bring that to like the socio-political realm it's like we can actually build a better democracy we can actually do these things by being curious about someone else and the way that they see the world and that they experience life is part of this whole picture because, you know, I'm not designing a dinner with just like, you know, bread and pasta and, you know, a lot of things that would make you and I sick. It's like, I would be very thoughtful about designing that dinner. So it's like, how am I bringing that into realms of, participation where someone might be an introvert someone might be you know English might not be their first language um you know they might not want to participate civically in a way that you know in in a town hall like how do we be more thoughtful about that engagement and I think like that's kind of that intersection of democracy and food for me is I I, as the host, I, as someone who cares about bringing people together, how do I think about you? How do I think about designing this space for true inclusion? What was so beautiful, and I, I think always stands out to me in your approach to food, is this really that food can be an act of service and that you can create these spaces where people feel deeply cared for. I I think about so many moments in my life where um, my childhood, like recently in my life, in my adulthood, where I have had friends and family you know, when someone like wants to share something, but it's like, oh my God, like I'm afraid to, like, I don't know where friends will like come over and I can like make them food. And again, it's like the barriers are lessened, like the vulnerability is exposed and someone can come out and say something. And it's in that slow process of like trust building and like sharing food And like me saying, like, I'm here to listen to you. Um, I care for you deeply. And I think like there's a moment where a friend was going through um, a pregnancy loss and I could tell that like she wanted to share it with me, but, you know, had come over to my apartment, just kind of like puttering around. And I was like, hey, like, have a seat. Like, what's something that I can make you right now? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think it was like, what is something for me? And I forget if she even like said this, but I was like, 
my love language is food. If I were coming here and I was feeling a little frenetic, like what would I want? And I remember making waffles and like, it's like the floodgates of tears opened once I put the waffles down in front of her. And it's like, whoa, like that's something that I feel so deeply because it's like, it's an act of love. It's an act of care that like, I want to show you that I'm there for you. That's what it um, does, doesn't it? It's like, yeah. it's like that, that tactile physical evidence in front of you Yeah, that someone cares for you. Totally, totally. And like, I, this is only something that like, you know, my sister has repeated to me before because like, I felt like I did it in that moment, but it's like, and it's interesting because again, it revolves around like pregnancy loss where my mom had gone through this. Um, I was like three years old and um, my dad to this day does not cook. He does make me eggs though, which is like really nice um, on occasion. But I remember, um, my mom had like made these like balls of like, like dough for roti. And like, um, I guess the, the experience was that we had come back from seeing my mom in the hospital. My dad was responsible for like feeding my sister and I, and, um, my dad had like burnt this lasagna and my sister was like, Oh dad, like just ask Sabrina to roll out the roti. And it's like, he was like, how can I ask like a three-year-old to like do this? But it's like, in this moment, the fact that he trusted me, like a very small child to do this, and I was able to instruct him, it's like this moment of bonding and trust and like him caring for us, but also us caring for him. Mm. And it's like, wow, like what a like nice moment that like we got to share in, in terms of like, you know, your child is a person who has skills. And I mean, again, this is another tangent, but I feel like cooking is truly one of those things that, that can like empower children to like build and create and, and also just like be themselves. And I, I feel really grateful that in that moment as a three-year-old that I was a trustworthy like person to feed into that moment of care um, that my dad was seeking because I'm sure he was going through a lot too, um, you know, supporting my mom, trying to like, you know, feed us and like just get through the day. It's so powerful, like that that story and the way the way it, I think it it so beautifully illustrates the way in which um, food and service is so like deeply woven into your bones, like such a part of you. It is. And like, actually now you're, you're like, um, kind of jogging my brain about like, yeah, something in the workplace. And like, yeah, I guess if I could like say that for me, if I ever go into an environment and if there is a way to like weasel my way in and share food with people, I will. Um, and I remember there was something, um, at my job, I think it was like 2015 or 2016, they're like, yeah, like the floor is a little disjointed right now. Like, how do we like get people together? And I was like, salad club. Like, oh, I love salad club. You're like, what is this? And so I posted um, a list. I think that we were maybe about 75 people. So I was like, okay, post a list of like 60 items at our assistance desk and sent out an email. It's like, hey, everyone sign up for an item. And so it's like we had two, some of like two items, whatever. And it's like once a month we would do salad club, which is everyone bringing, being responsible for one item. 
and bring it there. But it's like the fact that everyone could bring one unique item to the table and then we all sit together and eat. It's like, it's so much bigger than just salad. It's like a metaphor it's for like this... life. <laughs> like how we yeah, all have it really a skill is. that we can contribute. <laughs> and I think that's like the best part is like, look at what happens when all of us bring that thing that we adore to the table. It's like, I love feta. Someone's like, I love cucumbers. Or like, I can slice my cucumbers. I could do this with it. And it's like, people are so proud of that thing that they brought in. And it's like, don't forget to take some of these like artisanal croutons that I brought in. And like, just like the way that that could break down barriers of communication in the workplace. Like it is so vital. And, you know, something that I hope that we can do in the future as like, I know many people are like going back to the office are things like that because, and I think that like that kind of weaves into the, the healing part of the feasting is like, how do we heal community when there's been so much fear of interaction Mm -hmm. in the last like three and a half years? And um, I truly think it is food Um, and being able to build those bonds again, build those bridges, being able to um, be in a space with humans who are different from ourselves. Like we have just you know, experienced so much um, isolation in the last like three and a half years, or I don't know if it's like two and a half, I think it's three, three years. Um, And it's like, yeah, why, why not? Why not just sit and like eat with someone? What I love so much about this example of salad club too, like is not just the way in which it brings people together and, and like, an opportunity to share, you know, the little pleasures in life, like someone's love of feta. But there's also this really cool creative element, which is similar to what you talked about as finding your creative, like play and confidence in the kitchen. And I just like love Mm. imagining this, you know, room filled with 70 people and everyone has a different plate based on what they, I feel like there's a metaphor in that too, in terms of like everyone can take the same ingredients and make something really different and that that too can be a conversation point and almost like especially in the workplace these days like creating more places for creative thinking and celebrating that like to me that feels vital and I say vital intentionally like it feels like it's necessary for like the health and the wellness of like these cultures and these places in which we work. Yeah. I mean, there's so much in what you just said that I'm like, those are, (laughs) you could write like PhD topics on these because it's like, even the idea of like adult creativity, like, you know, if we're not intentional about it, sometimes it's like, we just don't experience it in our days. And I would say like the fact that when you see like all these ingredients in front of you it's like oh my god like you love apples too like well and it's like it starts these conversations that it's like oh you love apples and it's like oh I went to this apple orchard la 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 and like you don't know and I say like you like the royal you it's like we just don't know what someone else is feeling in their heart and in their body and what they want to share and if they could share it over the exchange 
of something like Salad Club where you are in this like special realm of being in this room where you have the power to choose. Like you are making this. It is not being forced on you. It's like you get to choose. If you want an entire like tomato salad, you get to go and do that. And someone else next to you is like, cool. Like I didn't even know that was a possibility to just have a whole tomato salad. And like they are such big metaphors for life (laughs) and I know I'm thinking about right now. I'm like, oh my God, like other people want to go out. It's like, sometimes it could be judgment or it could be like, wow, that's a possibility. You know, it's like, that's a possibility of living your life. And I just, I think that, um, someone actually just told me this yesterday and I had no idea. There was like an election tsunami coming in the world where there's like elections all over the world. And at the very core of that is like, we're all choosing something. We're all making a choice for how our world is going to run. And coming back to that democracy piece, it's like, how am I going to understand someone else? How am I going to understand the world? How am I going to understand how we can make the world better? And I think to really just bring it home, it's like, what conversations am I having with people? And what conversations can I really um, foster, whether through like in my own home or outside of the home? And I just like, I feel the fire in my belly right now. Like, Mm. I just feel so excited about all these conversations about what we could do together. And I think that for me, I so look forward to that level of togetherness um, that I could one day share with people. um, That I think that's the thing that's energizing me to really be at the beginning stages of this like thought idea and like build it into something you're totally speaking my love language which is <laughs> deep conversations um and yes. so um and and i want to talk more about feast and heal in a moment and but yeah. first i just wanted i wanted to share this little story um so i think one of like the hardest parts about um not being an extrovert and and even if you are an anxious extrovert, like this could absolutely apply to mm. you, but it can be really hard to start conversations with people. And um, my mom is actually brilliant. She can like start a conversation with anyone and it is a skill I really, really, really admire. Um, but I know that I find it harder. And I used, I tell, I used to tell this story all of the time um, when I worked with, university students and they always made fun of me but I remember I started at a new school I did my undergrad at three different universities and at one point I started at school number two and I didn't really know how to start conversations with like the person next to me so I would sometimes just pretend that I forgot a pen and I would ask the person next to me if they had a pen and then that could be like the entry point into a conversation. It's so silly, but that is 100% what I did. Not at all. But what I, it was making me think of Salad Club and just like, it's it's a lot easier to start a conversation with someone when you have something in front of you and you have something like you've talked about that is like, like it's a primal need. Like we all need to eat. We all eat every day. We all find pleasure in different types of food. And it is almost this like organic way to maybe actually strike up that conversation with that manager who you've been wanting to talk to, but haven't known how. And I love that. I think oftentimes people rely on, um, 
like comments about appearance or like what you're wearing, which to me is like a very more of a consumer. Like I understand why it's an entry point, but it's Mm -hmm. a, it's a, like, I think being able to start conversations through food is like a much more beautiful entryway that allows people to show up as who they are and share more about themselves and their story and their culture. A thousand percent. Like I just, I feel, I feel that so deeply, even in terms of like humanizing one another, like oftentimes in the workplace, we're like, oh my God, there's that person. They exist in this box of like, you know, and I think that the minute again, like the armor comes off that it's like, wow, like that opportunity to just bond over something else is so special. And um, I mean, ultimately, if I could do like a neighborhood salad club, that would be my dream. Yes, I love that. Because I'm like, I'm, yeah, looking at the window right now, like I see, I could count, like there's a building next to me. And it's so funny. I like, this is another tangent. I often think of like the urban anonymity of New York and it's like, what if I could like shout over to the window across and be like, hey, like come over for salad club and, you know, invite people in. It's just like, who are my neighbors? Like mm. who, what is their life? And I just, I'm so curious to know about other people and like to the extroversion part, like I think I'm an introverted extrovert because the the thing is, is like, I feel like I could do these events and like create these spaces. But the thing that I hold so dear and find is so precious is like when you have that one-on-one time with someone in a corner me too at a party me too yeah I'm like yeah it's like hi tell me everything and there's like a level of safety and trust and it's like oh like I can leave feeling full knowing that I like all the guards came off and we were able to have this very human exchange um so yeah, that's like the big dream, I guess. Neighborhood salad club, like it's, speak it into like the world. I, I, it makes me think of, and I know like in certain places, it was much more of a practice to have like the block party, you know? And I am, um, I actually, I have been watching this show lately called Zoe Bakes. And it is about this baker in um, the Twin Cities and she was sharing this beautiful, like I actually, I've been telling so many people this story and I think they're like, why do you love this story so much? But I will tell you why. So in Minnesota, obviously a lot of snow. And so she actually has a celebration to mark the end of winter. So every year when she puts out her patio furniture, she makes a ton of strawberry rhubarb pies. And she has the pies and out on the porch that evening and anyone kind of walking down the street can come and stop by and sit on her porch on her furniture that has just gone up for a piece of strawberry rhubarb pie. And it is just like such a touching story to me because it's like in so many cases we don't, there's so many cities and communities and with the pandemic where we don't really know our neighbors anymore and that idea of just like like anyone walking by like hey do you want a slice of pie like it invites that slower way of being and that presence and that connection and that community that you were talking about 
A hundred percent. There's actually this, um, it's so funny because being in the apartment like five days of the week, like I rarely interact with anyone during the day. And so there are a few people like, you know, older individuals who hang out downstairs in the lobby or, you know, outside. And there's this man where I'm like, I just want to get like, get some food, grab a bottle of wine and sit with you upstairs, like on the terrace and just like, get into it because like here's someone who I'm passing by all the time and like I can't pass by without having that conversation and like the thing that's missing here is food like I want to lengthen this conversation you know you know because I'm usually like on the way out to like go get groceries or go to the gym or something but I'm like I want to be more intentional about sharing that time yes with this older man and so I don't know it's like on my brain I actually hadn't seen him for some time and he had gotten sick and it like it hurt me that I was like, I didn't check in on him. Like, you know, I could have brought him something. And so for me, even going into the spring, it's like, maybe, yeah, it's like I bake a pie and I like knock on his door and say, Hey, let's have a slice of pie upstairs. Mm. Like, you know, it'll be so nice, but there is so much beauty in that moment of being like, I love that you share that story, Megan, because it was like, inviting someone in and letting them know that they belong I think is one of the most precious gifts that we can give people in their time on earth because it's like so many of us walk around feeling like we don't belong or like that there's something where we're like in search of and that in search of is human connection I, I believe fundamentally and it's like I think, yeah, that's like a lot at the core of me. It's like, how do I create that opening and um, invite someone to sit with me? What what you said there, that um, this fact that, that we're in search of human connection, which I absolutely agree. And the thing that really has been kind of like going through my mind as we've been talking is this idea of fulfillment, and how often times, I mean, especially my work as a coach, oftentimes I'm working with people and there is this sense that there's something missing, that that like fulfillment isn't entirely there. And mm. I love, I've been reflecting as we've been talking, like fulfillment has the word full. And I can just think of mm. like this idea of like having a feast and how that fills us right up, mm. you know, in terms of the human connection, as well as that feeling of care and nourishment and healing um, and that there's this link there. And I would mm. love um, in our last few moments of this conversation today, I know yeah. that there will <laughs> always be many more. So many more. <laughs> is, um is for you to talk a little bit because I think you have started this beautiful vision um, for this new project, Feast and Heal. And I also know that it is in that really incredible stage at the beginning where there's a lot of possibilities. And I always think it's really wonderful to like have conversations with people who have this sense that there is something that they are wanting to do, mm. even if they aren't entirely sure yet what exactly that looks like. But I would love just for a few minutes for you just to share anything that is on your heart about what it is that you are trying to create. Oh my God, that is 
I feel like I definitely have goosebumps hearing all of that because it's like the idea of possibility for me is like, well, like I feel like it could be so big, big by way of how much of our hearts can we share with another person? How much trust can I build with another person? How much can I show up for another person, whether they're my friend or family or stranger? And I would say like, in so much of this, um, in so much of our daily acts, it's like speed and completion and deliverables. And, you know, we're trying to get to the end, but I think the way that I feel about food and feasting is like expansion, an expansion of a moment in time. And I love that you use the word like full because it's like, I want to expand someone's like thought possibility that they could sit with anyone Mm. and that they could build something. I want like, I want to be able to sit with someone who is so different from me and feel the expansion of thought Um, that I could share who I am with them and they could share who they are with me and we can exist and love each other in this world for that. And ultimately, I think if we could share that curiosity with one another and just like be like, hey, I'm curious about you. I'm curious about how you want to live your life and I want to know how I can help be a part of your journey and, and do this. Yeah. Let's sit down and like feast. Let's feast on the ideas of what your life can be. Oh my gosh, Sabrina, you're giving me ghosts now. There were so many of my favorite words that you just used together and ideas. And, um, you are such a kindred spirit and you are honestly just someone who, um, I view as such an incredible leader in this world. And I know that this project is at the beginning stages, but I also know that you are someone who just brings so much thought and care and passion to whether you are hosting one, two, three, many people, or whether you're holding space for for dialogue through things like Salad Club or, yeah. you know, your, your hopeful revolution of New York City, <laughs> bringing yeah. Salad Club to the neighborhood. Um, yeah. I just am so inspired by the work that is in your heart and the fire in your belly. Thank you so much, Megan. I feel so blessed to share um to be here truly to be in this space together and be open. Um, I think it's like such a precious place to be reflective. And I'm so grateful for your, you know, you creating this space for so many people to share their journeys with you. Mm. Is there anything else on your heart that feels alive that you want to bring in? I feel, um, I feel like after this conversation, 
I'm like, I just want to run out into the world and like start doing this immediately. Um, but I think the thing that's like on my heart in like the lightest possible way is the possibility of expansion is endless. Like I think like that is how my body feels right now is like the more I think like a friend told me the other day, she's like, yeah, when my nephew was born, like, you know, your heart is so full because they're the first, but she's like, then you have this second nephew and your heart expands even bigger. Yes. And I was like, whoa, I was like, I feel that for the world. It's like you meet your friend group and you're like, I love all these people. Like they're the best humans. And then you go into the world and you meet some pretty like amazing rock star humans. And you're like, I have room for all of you in my heart to just like live there. And I think more than anything, like I feel so enamored with the journey of life that people are just so creative and so thoughtful and I just want to, I just want to be a part of it. Mm. Well, thank you so much for <laughs> the gift of your words, your stories, your heart. Um, I know that people can follow you on your journey at Feast and Heal on Instagram. And thank you again for being with us today. I truly hope you found that conversation with Sabrina as thought-provoking, inspiring, and as uplifting as I did. As always, I'd love to hear any reflections that you have. But before you go, I wanted to be sure to tell you about an upcoming event that I'm hosting on Sunday, March 26th called Nourish and Bloom. It's a chance to come together in community for a whole lot of encouragement and inspiration as we plant seeds for the season to come. It's a free event and I would so love to see you there and have you as part of this container. You'll find the link to register in the show notes or the episode description. Until next time, keep living with heart and wonder. Mm-hmm.